And welcome to another episode of the Sartori on Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming back one more time, of course, let's jump right into it with the download. Now, I am a child of the 80s, and as a child of the 80s, there is one pop culture video game phenomena which really defines the 80s and that is pac-man fever really late 70s early 80s and my first experience playing pac-man was on the classic wig grained atari 2600 uh, way back when it was a few years later before i actually played pac-man in the arcades but pac-man is one of those games that just has transcended generations now lord almost 50 years later i'm not 50 but i'm saying as far as since the inception of pac-man it is still a franchise that uh, garners love and adoration from both young and old and this week's download is pac-man museum plus and it's available for all systems pac-man in his own genre so i really wouldn't put it into any sort of genre but there are 14 freaking pac-man games in this compilation there are games i have never seen before knew they existed and it is more importantly in the case of all of my microsoft xbox heads out there it's on game pass day one as of may 27th so more important more than likely the day after or should say the day before this premieres on um, all the platforms out there that you are listening to this so i am excited for this this is one that uh, when i saw was coming out this like oh i'll get this because i downloaded the uh, pac-man championship uh, two a year or two ago whenever it came out and that is an absolute amazing game it is so fun to play it it reminded me of why pac-man is so loved and even in that game just the way they were able to reinvent how pac-man is played even as simple as it is as far as you know you clear the board you get the power pellets eat the ghost you evade the ghost when they're not translucent and you eat all the fruit and you go on to the next one once the board is clear it's a very simple premise but the fact that they were able to reimagine it in Pac-Man Championship, not just two, but one as well, and one is included in this 14-game compilation, it's very interesting to see the different iterations of Pac-Man over the years, because in addition to the standard Pac-Man games, you also have the side-scrolling platformers that they've released over the years as well. So these are games that I've never played before ever have any interest in playing but i will tell you with the release of this compilation this is something that i will definitely definitely get into so that is my download of the of the week pac-man museum plus and as i said is available for all systems uh especially for my switch heads out there i think this would be a real great addition to your library now let's get on to short takes now the summer movie season is fast approaching and with that we are 
getting trailers upon trailers upon trailers. And with Top Gun Maverick coming out this Memorial Day weekend, I still haven't seen the original Top Gun. I know it's like one of the 80s babies movie sins right there. You need to watch Top Gun. I've never been inclined to do it. Uh, with that, though, Paramount or Paramount has released the teaser trailer to the next Mission Impossible movie, which isn't coming out until next year. And that's Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. And let me tell you, this looks absolutely bananas. I am excited for this. It is so strange that I'm sitting here talking about Mission Impossible in 2022. And the first movie dropped in 1996. That was the summer of 1996. The summer after I graduated high school. It is such... It baffles my mind that I'm still talking about Mission Impossible as I'm approaching my, my mid-40s um, at this point in time. But in, in Tom Cruise is a vampire who is clearly uh, sucking the blood of, of some somebody somewhere to remain as youthful as he looks but i am excited for mission impossible dead reckon and i will tell you this as far as a fan of the series i really wrote it off after three i thought three was absolutely boring uh two was a cf i know they had all these it was a john woo affair and it was it was cool for what it was then i don't think it holds up too well now and three i believe three was the last one i saw in the theaters if I remember correctly, and I just wasn't impressed by that movie, but four, five, six, and now I think this is seven. I don't know, but they have increasingly just been absolutely wonderful movies to watch. You know what you're getting with a Mission Impossible movie nowadays, and I am here for it. So I am here for Dead Reckoning Part 1. This is one I will definitely go to see in the theaters. And just knowing that Tom Cruise is like Jackie Chan and that he's doing his own stunts and these stunts are absolutely insanely dangerous makes it even more, makes it even more of a reason for me to go see it just to marvel in the effects and the practical effects that were done in regards to these stunts so i'm excited for it uh that's mission impossible dead reckoning part one and that is coming out next year in the summer of 2023 now i talked last week about the teaser for thor 11 thunder well now they've officially dropped the full trailer of thor love and thunder and if you want to see my reaction reaction, check the show notes because uh, myself, Brian Saf, and Kuya P did a reaction over at the uh, new release Wednesday. Excuse me, at the Nerds of the World, uh, the Checkpoint crew got together and did some trailer reviews, including little Thor: Love and Thunder. So check it out there. It'll be in the show notes. But I am excited. This is one of the things that I am fascinated about the Thor franchise particularly I hope Taika Waititi got a, uh, a raise for this movie because he saved this franchise Thor 1 was okay Thor 2 is never to be watched again but Thor 3 just it was so fun and su told such a great story and it looks like Love and Thunder is going to do the same and I'm very interested to see how if at all this plays into Moon Knight because there are multiple gods in this movie uh zeus is there played by russell crowe you also see still shots where you have uh both valkyrie and 
uh, Jane Foster Thor, along with the Warkandan Orisha goddess uh, Bast. And I'm, I believe there are, based on some of the rumors and leaks, there are Egyptian gods there. So I'm wondering what sort of connection, if any, there would be to Moon Knight with regards to the gods themselves. I don't actually expect uh, Moon Knight to show up in this movie, but it would be interesting nod to have those gods as part of this. I'm assuming based on the pictures in the trailer, a pantheon of gods that are there. So I'm looking forward to Thor Love and Thunder when it comes out in July. And I am... Um, Marvel, it's weird. Marvel, people talking about Marvel fatigue is too much Marvel, yada, yada, yada. I am all for this. I am, this is a steady stream of, of content and stories, you know, throughout this whole year. With Doctor Strange 2, you know, in theaters now and it's been out for a few months, you know, that came out pretty much at the tail in the moon night. And then as that Peter's out, Miss Marvel's coming out. And Miss Marvel ends, Thor's coming out. Thor will be out, and then She-Hulk will come out, and then I don't know what movies. I think uh, I think Black Panther two is supposed to come out this this year. I'm not sure, but yeah, they they've had a steady cycle of things. So for people like me, I'm all for it. I mean, I love the stories they're telling. I love the expansion of the world that they're giving, while not necessarily having to have everything be as closely interconnected but you know it's a part of this world and I appreciate that as well when it comes to what Marvel is doing in their strategy so that's my outlook on Thor Love and Thunder with this full trailer I was a Natalie Portman got buffed as I don't know what for this movie I'm impressed go ahead go ahead and it's going to be really cool uh, seeing the dynamic between Thor and, and, and Jane as they go especially with this uh, pseudo battle over Molinier and everything I'm, I'm really here for this this is going to be a really I have a really good feeling it's going to be a really cool, cool movie I should say next up is a series that I was pleasantly surprised by its trailer now many are familiar with the James Cameron directed movie True Lies which starred Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis this is still a movie I've never seen I don't know why I've never seen it. I've just never seen it. Uh, but the premise is that you have a housewife who is this, you know, typical housewife taking care of the kids. And the husband, she thinks he's just some boring salesman, but he's really a secret agent. And then she finds out and she ends up going on a mission with him uh, by circumstances. And you have pretty much the same premise here in this series but it takes a step further at least based on the trailer in that she actually becomes his partner i am here for the series this series trailer was really fun uh, i forget the actor and actress who are playing the main leads they look familiar but when i look them up i don't remember them from anything uh, they don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis, so they aren't going for that effect. And I think we are past uh, so far. That movie's what, like two decades old now? No, that movie's like 30 years old now, now that I think about it. And I feel as though this is definitely something that could work on TV. It looks interesting. It looks fun. I, I usually don't watch CBS, but I will definitely be watching on CBS Plus when it debuts in the fall. It's not CBS Plus, Paramount Plus uh, for the replays when it debuts in the fall. Just to check it out because it looks like it could be a really fun show. It reminds me of 
they attempted to do a Mr. and Mrs. Smith TV show many, many years ago, and it seems like they learned from the mistakes of that when a husband and wife spy team. And this obviously isn't the first husband and a wife sort of spy television show. You had Heart to Heart back in the day when I was growing up, and there have been other things since then. But you don't have anything like that now, and I think that's a tried and true formula that tends to work for television viewing where you have the action as well as the romantic struggles and dynamics. And then in this case, you're adding in family life also, which will be an interesting wrinkle into their situation. Unlike other shows where you have similar premises, uh, they have been non-childless uh, couples. So you get more of a dynamic between them, not so much a dynamic with a family life. Uh, when it comes to rearing of children so i am looking forward to true lies television show when it actually comes out in the fall go figure now speaking of paramount plus one of the beautiful things about uh, this post covid world quote unquote is that many of the studios changed their policies when it came to the window that a movie is in the theaters before it comes to streaming and Paramount is one of those theaters, or I should say studios, that changed their policy to where their movies that they released showed up on their streaming platform, aka Paramount Plus, 45 days later. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been 45 days since Sonic 2 released in theaters. I never got a chance to see it in theaters, but your boy watched it on Paramount Plus. Uh, let me tell you, overall, it was a really good movie. It was a really fun movie. Uh, it's definitely one for all ages. I There is something... There's a little bit of the charm of the first one that is lost in this one. And I can't really put my finger on it. However, I was impressed with how everything fit together uh, when it came to the story. There weren't a lot of plot holes in my opinion. Um... I just cannot believe I've been playing Sonic games since I was in middle school. Uh, much like my discussion about Miss Impossible is one of those things where I'm like, I can't believe it's been that long. And the fact that I played so many Sonic games, uh, it's it's really it's a a m reminder of my own mortality <laughs> in some respects that I am getting older with gray hair. Uh, but this movie has so many easter eggs i ended up uh, watching it with some people including my spouse who um there were easter eggs they didn't get because i'm the only one cracking up there was a uh easter egg in reference to the day the earth stood still initially uh at the beginning of the movement i started cracking i saw them looking at me like something was wrong and i'm like I, I didn't even go into explaining it uh there and also so many like the um the coffee shop is made named the uh mean bean that is a, a nod to the uh rip or the port of a puyo puyo puzzle game that was uh dr robotnik's mean bean machine here in the united states on the genesis uh just there's so many little easter eggs throughout i really I really love that touch. This is one of those things that when you see a movie like this, you can tell that the people who did it loved the property that they're working with. They have respect. For, and again, Sonic is not this lore, this deep, expansive lore of a video game. So I won't 
give it that kind of credit when it comes to putting together a, a movie or movie franchise based around the character. There's a lot of latitude that writers can 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 do in which they've done in these two movies, but there is still such a respect for the source material in these movies that I think people who like oh no do things like Halo uh, need to really watch and study. Yeah, it's just it it's a Sonic movie. It's a Sonic movie through and through. Uh, I love the inclusion of Knuckles. I oh okay. There's a scene underwater, and if you played a Sonic game, you know you're underwater. You know you're about to lose breath. You're waiting for the air bubble. You see Sonic slurp the air bubble. You hear the music playing in the background ever so subtly in the in the master music that's playing and i'm sitting there like that is just so cool and i'm listening for these musical cues and like the music's playing these subtle things from the games that they're like this is what a video game movie is supposed to be it's supposed to take that character take that story take that premise make it something that is not only accessible but true to the source material and that is something that the sonic movies in general but specifically Sonic the Hedgehog 2 has done really well even the whole uh, frenemy aspect of, of Knuckles first he's an enemy then he becomes a friend is not really a spoiler we all know that happens even from the trailers and I will say this I feel like and I may be wrong and Jim Carrey will never hear this I feel like he had an absolute blast doing this movie Jim Carrey playing Dr. Robotnik just seems like he had so much fun cutting up. I really want to know that he ad-libbed most of his lines because I swear, I mean, he seems as though he just ad-libbed most of that movie. It was He's hilarious. He's always hilarious. And I'm glad that he is able to do things like this and to bring these characters to life. So I am looking forward to Sonic 3, especially with that in credit reveal i was like oh okay all right i i I don't realize how much of sonic stand that i am until i see these little nods i'm like man i have played an awful lot of sonic games in my lifetime it is really ridiculous when i think about it like i a couple weeks ago and i was talking about sonic cd i'm like i bought sonic cd because hey it's going to be discontinued i look at my profile on my xbox and look at all the games that i have and there are at least six or seven of the sonic games that i own <laughs> that's probably more than any other series besides halo <laughs> so i am i'm a big sonic stan and i just love the fact that this character in this world has persisted for so long and has become such a uh, venerated part of uh, our childhood both old and new so that is my take on sonic the hedgehog 2 i feel as though it's a movie you should definitely watch and you will definitely enjoy and it's worth the monthly access fee for paramount plus uh, especially when compared to going to the movie theater so that's my take on sonic the hedgehog before we hop to the break i want to talk to you about another way that you can support us here at sotoyo and geek and webster style and that's with patreon with Patreon, you get access to not only the Star and Geek podcast a day early, but also exclusive content that you can find nowhere else. 
In this case, with tier one, the $1 tier, you will become an associate producer. With this, you will have the name that you designate in the show notes and IG posts for every single episode of the Sartorian Geek podcast, both on Webster Style and on Sartorian Geek. You'll also get retro content that is has never been released uh, right there. There are a couple of interviews from a few awesome cons as well as Baltimore Comic Con that are now available on the Patreon. So that's something to think about as well. With tier two, the three dollar tier, you will be a producer. And with this, you will get a mention in every show as well, as well as your name in the show notes. And you'll also get access to the replays of the Centorial Sunday radio show that we do on Wisdom. And then with tier three, you get all that you got in tier one and tier two. But then you also get the exclusive off topic podcast where we also talk a little bit about some controversial topics that may not be as well suited for this podcast here so that's patreon so if you are inclined to you know give a dollar a month three dollars a month five dollars a month you know for this content you really enjoy it greatly appreciate it obviously not obligated to but check it out you may like it with that we'll take a break and we come back we will be going into the depths of space with star trek strange new worlds Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise to boldly go where no man has gone before. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is trekking out and we are looking at Star Trek, obviously. And of course, we're here talking about the latest episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, episode four, Memento Mori and Memento Mori actually translates into an object kept as a reminder of the inevitability of death now in this case the episode opens up with starfleet remembrance day where very akin to with what's going on here in the united states memorial day where we remember those that we have lost and i have to say i enjoyed this episode it was very it's weird to always say it's very star trekky uh, but it really is it it doesn't even i'm not getting original trek vibes now i'm getting like next generation vibes in regards to the storytelling because with this episode you have the return of the gorn but i love how this return is done because we never actually see them and i'm wondering if they're going to be like this boogeyman that kind of pops in and out throughout the whole season especially with the connection with leanne and i loved how uh this gorn reintroduction really 
was used to tell more of her story as well and to unlock some of what happened to her but also and obviously using that helped to save the day you got a lot of sciencey stuff black holes slingshots you know all those star trek things you had multiple dilemmas that happened with crew members um uhura and i forget the engineer's name they had a subplot you also had leanne and spock with a subplot uh ortegas you know got a shot um got a time or a spotlight to shine you also had the drama in the sick bay of uh, benga and chapel and una you, you had all of these different subplots going on uh, as a result of the main plot of the goran reappearing and attacking ketri and Munoff. but it was my only this is my only downside to this and this is where my issues with prequels come into play being there's a prequel you have an idea of what happens to these characters down the line. And with the, for instance, the drama or the dilemma with Hammer and Uhura, you know Uhura's not going to die. And realistically, Hammer's not going to die either. Uh, Una's not going to die. It, it, that tension that they try to ramp up with the dilemmas that these characters are in, it's not as heightened. Or I didn't get a sense of, of heightened tension that they were trying to portray because I know that these characters are going to live because, hey, we know when Pike dies. Okay, we know what happens to him. We've seen that already. We know what happens to Uhura. You know, some of the other characters know, like, we we didn't get anybody die, die that, you know, we know. But it's one of those things where because it is a sequel, because you know what comes after, that tension of, oh, will they make it? Is not, they're like, you know, the Enterprise is not getting destroyed in this whole gas thing it, it ramps up the tension but i think it loses something in that regard because it is a prequel and that's one of my biggest issues with that it's hard i always feel as though it's hard to tell really good stories because it is a sequel and because of that very reason so that that's just my opinion uh someone else may get something a bit different uh, from this but that's that's just my take on it so strange new world is still an up for me it's still a must-watch show. It's it's just good Star Trek, and it's it's one of the things that I love about Strange New Worlds. It makes Star Trek different again. Star Trek doesn't feel like anything else, and that's kind of what I got from Picard. It it felt like it could be anything else. Like you could have slapped any other sort of sci-fi genre or name on it, and it it still would have held up for what it was. I think that Star Trek Strange New Worlds just feels like Star Trek from not even so much the fact that it's a prequel to the original TOS. It just the way it's shot, the way it's done, the way it's cut. I feel like and I keep saying this, it's Star Trek made today. If Roddenberry had the technology of of today's time back then, this is exactly what his vision would have looked like. So that's just me. So that's my take on Star Trek strange 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 new worlds now moving on from sci-fi into style now it's time for sartorial slice now i was on my morning constitution the other day and i saw a gentleman he was looking nice he had his blazer slacks like he was looking dressed in the eyes i don't know if he was going to work or going to an interview or what have you but he was looking good and then he turned around and he had on this humongous 
faded gray canvas backpack with all of his items i'm assuming lunch and things of that nature and i just said to myself that looks god awful not that the backpack isn't functional but it totally clashed with what he was trying to present to the world and i personally feel that way with backpacks in general when it comes to business attire even with the nicest backpacks the leather ones that look really really nice i've just always felt like functionally they clashed when wearing a suit it is something about having it draped off even if you just do one arm draped off it's still cutting off that jacket your jacket that part of circulation that airflow gets cut off and then if you have it on both arms or both shoulders and like all of that is really compacted um, next to you or to you which really restricts the airflow that the suit is designed to really accommodate or the jacket itself I, I just feel as though backpacks and suits don't mix that's my opinion so I just feel as though it's just not professional I would really suggest if you're looking for a sort of bag to go with your suit to work or to an interview get a messenger bag leather or leather-ish uh, or a, a briefcase of some sort there are many options out there uh, some relatively inexpensive that can accommodate your needs with that like realistically i have a couple of different bags that I utilize uh, one bag that a messenger bag briefcase that I received a few years ago and I use that term interchangeably because there are a lot of messenger bags which are called briefcases but they're really like messenger bags you'll understand what I'm saying when I show some pictures well, you're not going to see any pictures duh uh, but uh, just look it up you'll see what I'm talking about online but this bag is is large enough to where I can put lunch and things of that nature when I was going to the office and get some to multiple computers and and what and it was still pretty light and wasn't humongous uh, when compared to a backpack so gentlemen if you are going into the professional world is your if you're wearing a suit I would highly suggest that you invest in a a professional looking messenger bag or briefcase to carry all of your wares there are plenty of options out there backpacks to me just really distract and take away from the look that you're trying to convey again i'm only speaking of that sort of business aspect of what you are trying to convey you know that business casual aspect backpacks totally work with that when it comes to everything so at the end of the day if you're wearing a suit don't wear a backpack there are definitely other alternatives now if you're going business casual still wearing a blazer you can wear a backpack but again make sure you wear something appropriate that backpack that you wore in college is not going to be appropriate for the look that you're trying to convey keep that for when you're going hiking don't use that when you're actually trying to look nice that's all I'm saying so moving on from the tutorial slice it's now time for the fragrance of the week and this fragrance is one that I have yet to get my nose on, but I've smelled some others in this line. In this case, it's Savoir Faire Soul Cafe by Chris Classic. 
I smelled the original Savoir Faire many years ago and absolutely loved it. And I just have been a fan of what Chris Classic has been doing ever since. And for Savoir Faire Soul Cafe, uh, you'll find this one. In this case, it's an EDP concentration in a 50 ml bottle for $135 at the time of this recording. It is described as a unisex fragrance that is uh, their most carnal fragrance to date. It features notes of blood orange, bergamot, black pepper, patchouli, private musk blend, tobacco, amberwood, oud, lavender, arabica coffee, and firewood. Now, just reading the note breakdown, this will get you laid. This just sounds so sensual. It, it sounds like something that is just going to be irresistible to anybody around you. So I will say, if you do purchase this, be careful. Be careful when you leave the house. Don't wear this if you're married and you're going outside. You may have to beat him off of a stick. <laughs> I'm just playing. But no, this one sounds absolutely amazing. I cannot wait to get my hands on this one, especially based on my experiences with the original Savoir Faire. As for what I'm wearing today, it's none other than Zaharoff Noor, the flanker of the original Zaharoff Signature Noor. I should say it's Signature Noor, not Zaharoff Noor, but by Zaharoff. Uh, it takes that classic fougere of Zaharoff Signature Pour Home and adds a bit of spice uh, to it with some pepper and other notes it's definitely one that i enjoy not as much as the original but it definitely is a more sensual aspect or take on the original zaharf signature formula so that's why i enjoy wearing it and speaking of fragrances let's talk about a sponsor pete and Pedro. Of course, I've talked to you before, and they're known for their hair care products and men's grooming products, but they also have an excellent line of fragrances. In this case, all their fragrances are inspired by some of the most well-known fragrances that are out today, and they include Legend, which is inspired by Tom Ford's Fucking Fabulous, Villain, inspired by Tom Ford's Tobacco, tobacco Vanilla, King, inspired by Creed's Green Irish Tweed, Rebel inspired by Creed Aventus, Hero inspired by Aqua de Joe, and more importantly, I always talk about getting the most bang for your buck. These are all EDP concentrations and 50 ml bottles for $49. Just gentlemen, $49 is all it costs to obtain a bottle. Obviously, shipping all that good stuff too. A bottle of one of these fragrances. They also do have travel sizes as well, so it may be something you're interested in if you don't want to commit to a full bottle at this time. But anyway, regardless of what you purchase, if you use the code EHAWKS10 or the link in the show notes, you'll get 10% off your first purchase. That's right, gentlemen, 10%. Now, with that, we've come to the end of another Sartoyangi podcast. Make sure you find me every week with my man Brian Saff and the legend Kuya P over at the NRW Checkpoint where we talk about this week in gaming, what's going on, what new releases are out, and we often get sidetracked sometimes as we deal with this last episode. Uh, so it's always fun banter there. Feel free to find me and reach out 
on any social media platforms. That includes Instagram at Webster Style and Sartorian Geek, Twitter at Webster Style, and TikTok underscore Webster Style. And of course, you can find anything and everything that is Webster Style at WebsterStyle.com. Any comments, criticisms, questions, feel free to email me at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. And remember, as always, stay safe out there and be blessed. Tuesday had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be White Wednesday. Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't. Wear, oh, I right, miss million them hills killing them, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels, looking sharp. Bay acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match the very corset.